everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Logan Blackman, here on this July 6th edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And uh, Friday, I'm guessing, if you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you're aware of this, I talked about pretty much the entire time how there was going to be a video aspect to that podcast, and um, it did actually happen. Uh, The video got done recorded beautifully edit it got everything done tried exporting it it just refused to export so today we're gonna do the video again if you're watching the video congratulations you made it to the video but uh if you listen to the podcast i would recommend going and watching the video if i did get the video up so let's go <laughs> let's hope the video works today i'm gonna go edit it at my dad's office today which I've had a lot more success editing things there than I ever had editing things at my house or my parents' house, however you want to look at it. Because, I don't know, it's just the Wi-Fi has always been a little iffy ever since we came back from, like, when school got pushed to online, then my sister and I came back from you and I, came back home here. My mom was working from home. So we had three of us on the Wi-Fi. Ever since then, the Wi-Fi has pretty much just been garbage. That's the best way I could say it. Just been straight up garbage. But today, I'm hoping that this all works out because of the fact that I'm going to upload this from my dad's office. And hopefully, it gets uploaded a lot sooner than what it usually does. Because when I upload the podcast, it takes about an hour to upload, it feels like at least. So, hopefully, with this new style, I guess, going up today, hopefully, we get it up a lot faster. So, we have the podcast and the video up together we also got the little preview thing that we've been posting on the instagram and since we're on the topic of the instagram page why don't you go follow all the logan blackman show social media accounts i'll link them all down low in the description if you're watching the video if not i'll just say them right here for the the podcast logan blackman show twitter follow that at lb under at the un, l at the underscore lb underscore show my personal twitter accounts logan underscore blackman go search it on instagram as well as search the logan blackman show it should pop up it's my Twitter picture, it's me folding my arms, like, I didn't do a great job at posing for that, but it's me folding my arms with the, like, the emojis all around it and everything, or the bitmojis all around it and everything, so just go search that, go watch the little previews, I'll link each show into the description for every time I upload a show, I'll post a little, like, 30 to 45 second video, and I'll link the show for Apple Podcasts in the bio or description, whatever you want to call it, also go follow my personal Twitter account, Blackman Logan, I think, is the Twitter account or the the Instagram account's name. But just go search Logan Blackman should pop up. Go like the Facebook page. We're still at 112 likes to my knowledge. And I would like to increase that. So just share the Facebook page with your friends and family. Just get everybody to give it a big thumbs up. And the final thing, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're gonna have videos actually being posted on there, surprisingly. We're gonna upload the podcast, a video style podcast every single time I do a show now. And we're going to start doing some more skits. I got a shirt coming tomorrow, which will very much help uh, in the promotion process, I guess. Got a couple friends that are going to help me on it. And hopefully that video comes out sooner rather than later. It gets filmed sooner rather than later. I know I've been teasing it for a few months, like not months, but a few weeks now. And I'm tired of doing that. I actually want to put out something. But we did upload a podcast from last Wednesday on YouTube. No video, just the audio. So if you want to go listen to that there, 
go ahead. We're just trying to find more ways to spread the awareness of the logo. But is that is that the right phrase to use? Awareness, I guess. Yeah. So just tell your friends, family, go share the videos, go share the podcast wherever you want. And yeah, I would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're watching the video, I will link down below creating a vision entertainment so you can get yourself a cave shirt or a troglite sweatshirt, whatever you want. And I'll also link in the description some Dire Wake stuff. Dire Wake, my boy Drake Lindsay's band, him and his two brothers making some killer progressive metal music. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I would very much recommend listening to their stuff. And then also I'll link down in the description below my, probably my best friend. No, he is my best friend. Drew Hendrickson's and his brother, Josh, their little single that came out called Timeline. It's off their new EP, Self-Tile Clifford Kunkel, which is the name they heard at Evangel. I think it was Drew and, it might have just been Drew that heard it. But he was like, that's a sick name. He doesn't know who Clifford Kunkel is, but he heard the name one time. So he's linked it to <laughs> the band name or the, the group name. So it's him and Josh. Recommend go listening to that. I put it on my Instagram story so you can go listen to that. And I'll also link the the full link to the EP down below. Go follow them on Spotify. Go buy it on iTunes. Where I think it's on iTunes. But I know it's on Spotify. So make sure you go and listen to it on there. It's great stuff. Very much recommend. Two thumbs up. Great success. Got to link all my friends down in the description below so make sure you go check out all of them without further ado let's just get right into the meat and potatoes of this monday edition of the logan blackman show recording this a lot later than what we usually do i had a little problems with my dog this morning had a little scratch or tick or something it we couldn't tell if it was a tick or he did something else to the ear it was very tiny if it was a tick but he was shaking his head his ear was all loopy or droopy he's a rottweiler he's four years old and he just was shaking his head like crazy, so I had to try and help figure that out with him, and then made lunch, got all that stuff, so we've been recording at 1.35 today, so it's a lot later than what we usually record the Logan Blackman show, we got a, we didn't have our table, my parents took the ta- the Logan Blackman show official table to my grandparents' house for the 4th of July, which that being said, I hope everybody had a fun and safe 4th of July weekend, I know I sure did. It's always fun on the 4th of July at the Andrew Meyer establishment, the Meyer establishment. But yeah, so we've got all this stuff. So we didn't have a table. Dog has problems. Made some lunch. I actually took a shower before a show for the first time in, I don't know, since the school year. I don't think I've taken a shower before a Logan Blackman show. Except for the times when I've been doing it at 94.5 KLT, which I can't wait to get back to doing that because that stuff so much fun. Cause we got way better technology than what we got here. I'm recording on my phone, listening to a talking to a microphone that's like forty dollars, and recording it on Audacity. That <laughs> I've got a lot better technology at ninety four five KULT. Everything you and I, so got to plug that as well. Always promote the live streams for that as well. But right now, we just we move later than usual, but we move table, green screen, microphone, computer, phone, tripod. Let's get it. And showered up looking all beautiful today. I don't know how I'm looking right now. I got the the cameras not front facing. I'm looking at the back of my phone or the ass of my phone, whatever you want to call it. And so I can't see myself for the first time in a while. It's sad. Can't see my beautiful face. I thought about shaving. uh, I thought about just cutting off my my quote unquote beard, if you want to call this a beard. And just having the mustache for the fourth. But I was like, ah, 
Let's not do that. I, I want to see how far the beard can go. But the mustache, I I will challenge anybody this that is around my age. I'm not going to challenge older people because they've grown facial hair a lot longer than I have. Some of them, at least. I will challenge any 20 to 25-year-old that I have a better mustache than them. And this, is even, this isn't even full bore yet. I am challenging. This is a challenge to every single 20 to 25-year-old out there. Mustache off. Stash off. Tash off. What do you want to call it? I will win. I got the best mustache in the game for people 20 to 25 years old. I'm not going to challenge people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and so on. Like my grandpa, he got a mustache. I ain't challenging him. He's always had a mustache. always had facial hair. My dad, uh, he can grow a beard. I don't know about mustache, but I could kill. I kill the mustache game. So I challenge everybody to do that. And this is kind of crazy. I didn't really think about this till right until I'm looking at the what we got typed down for today. Uh, this is our 81st show, counting back all the way till to the fall semester of 2019. We're at 81 shows right now. Because usually I stop recording in the summer, so I don't carry over what show episode. It's just like a new season, I guess. But now the fact that we're doing it in the summer now, just keeps carrying on and we're at 81 which is just crazy to me friday was number 80 if you know how to do math that's uh then you're like why did logan need to say that but you know what show 81 great stuff that we got going on here i know on spotify and apple Podcasts, i think we only got 36 episodes on there but as a whole this is episode number 81 but let's just get into the show the mls tournament the mls is back tournament i think is what it's called is coming back wednesday we are two days away from the MLS's back tournament, we got some big news coming out of the MLS's back tournament. So on Friday, it was either Thursday or Friday, I think it was Friday, Thursday night, I saw that Minnesota United defender and reigning 2019 MLS Defender of the Year, Igo Parra, sport, former Sporting Kansas City player. It was sad to see him leave, but he was getting old and had injury problems. He's found really solid footing playing for Minnesota United now. He's sitting out of the MLS's back tournament. Even bigger news today... Carlos Vea, the biggest name in the MLS, the best player in the league, is sitting out the MLS's back tournament. And I completely understand. I'm not going to sit here and completely bash these players for not wanting to go play. It's, it's completely understandable if you don't want to play. Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs has said, I want to play in a safe environment or something safe, but doesn't really feel that safe right now. So I'm not going to blast players for sitting out these tournaments. But, man, this one rocked the MLS world this morning. Carlos Vea, the best player, undoubtedly the best player. I think you could throw up the likes of Joseph Martinez up there as well as the best player in the league. Those two are the top two. I think everybody can essentially agree on that. But Carlos Vea sitting out. Not only do you not have Carlos Vea sitting out, Joseph Martinez tore his ACL in the first game of the season. First or second game of the season. So he's out. So the two biggest names, or two the best players in the MLS, are out of the MLS is back tournament. Now, obviously, you got the likes of Chicharito, Javier Hernandez, Christian Pavon playing for LA Galaxy, Diego Rossi for LAFC, Johnny Russell. I know he's not at the same level as those guys, but he's in there as well. You got a lot of really talented players in the MLS that are still playing, or at least, to my knowledge, have not announced yet that they are not, are or not or are or are not playing in this tournament. 
But man, Carlos Vea, the best player in the MLS. I don't think there's a lot of people that can disagree that Carlos Vea is, in fact, the best player in the MLS. He had an insane first season in the MLS last year, and I pegged them, along with Atlanta United, to be challenging for the MLS Cup this year. I had those two playing each other in the final. Now, now I'm not saying the re- they're, those two are the sole reasons those teams are good, but they are the main reason those teams are good. Now, obviously, you got some good players on both teams. Solid goaltending between them. Vermeer for LAFC, Brad Guzan for Atlanta United. You got some good leadership as well. I know Walker Zimmerman went to Nashville, but still got some good stuff set up in LAFC. But the two best players in the MLS are both out for different reasons, but are both out. So I don't think, unless something crazy happens, I don't think my bracket prediction for the beginning of the season, when they announced this MLS back tournament, when the, the league season got canceled, I it was pretty much locked in that I wasn't going to get my, my stuff right. That is obvious. I mean, you can't go in to talking about the MLS season and then it just doesn't happen the way you see it. It starts off super strong at the beginning of the season, but then it fades off because of this whole COVID-19 thing. And this leads into there's a lot more bigger things than sport, but I want my predictions to be right. <laughs> I want the Logan Blackburn show to get all predictions right. My Premier League predictions, I am scared to look at those. I haven't looked at those yet, but I know I have a few teams wrong on there, especially Sheffield United is scaring the crap out of me. I think, I haven't looked at this since I made it, but I think I had them finishing dead last in the league. And I'm not feeling terrible about that because a lot of people had Sheffield United finishing last in the Premier League this season. So I'm not terrified about that. I don't know where I put Norwich and Aston Villa. Those teams are scaring me. I don't know where I put West Ham. I had a lot of high hopes for West Ham this season. Signed Sebastian Heller. Got uh, Pablo Fernals this offseason as well. I was feeling great about it. But now I don't know where they are. I'm scared of that. My predictions for soccer this year have not been great. MLS and Premier League. But the MLS is for a different story. But here's what the MLS's back tournament is going to look like before we'll get we'll get more in-depth on that on Wednesday when the tournament actually kicks off. But we're going to go over what is going on in the MLS's back tournament. So all 26 MLS Cubs will be participating. All matches will be in Orlando. Group stage followed by knockout rounds. Group stage games, which end in a draw, will have a penalty shootout. Teams will play a minimum of three games, maximum of seven. Each of the 39 group stage games will count for points towards the 2020 regular season standings. Winner earns 2021 CONCACAF Champions League spot. Players can earn additional bonuses as part part of a $1.1 million prize pool. Pre-tournament draw to assign groups, which we've already done. Regular season continues after tournament and I I can't remember what MLS team I saw this morning it might have been FC Dallas it might have been FC Dallas I think it was FC Dallas let's look and see if I'm right on that because I don't have that listed yeah they're thinking about not playing in the tournament FC Dallas is they're scared of the coronavirus as a lot of people are but safety is takes priority over playing for FC Dallas. That's what the start of the ESPN article says with Lucci Gonzalez, the head coach for FC Dallas, coming out with a quote. It's, so FC Dallas, a full team, might not even be in the MLS's back tournament, which will be a big thing 
the Vancouver versus Dallas match got postponed altogether because of positive tests. So, yeah, the, it's going to be interesting. The same thing with the NBA tournament down in Orlando. I don't know if it's a great thing to have both the MLS and the NBA down there. They're doing a, a second bubble pool in Chicago for the M- NBA. But apparently the NBA one in Chicago is a lot weaker than the teams down in Orlando. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't know. Will it, it, it looks to be on. A lot of teams are still. FC Dallas is the first team I've heard actually saying anything about this. So I've not heard anything to that extent of uh, multiple MLS teams are thinking about dra- withdrawing themselves from the tournament. You see uh, NWSL teams like the Orlando Pride, Alex Morgan's team, they withdrew from the season because of rapid COVID-19 case, and they're in Orlando, and they withdrew from the tournament, or withdrew from the season. And now they're playing two sports leagues down in Orlando, in the NBA and the MLS. So, yeah, it's it's going to be weird. It's going to be an interesting thing for this. And here's all the... The dates for this, June 24th, teams are begin arriving in Florida. July 8th, the MLS tournament, NMLS is back, tournament group stage begins. July 25th through the 28th, round of 16 begins. July 30th through July 1st, the tournament quarterfinals. August 5th through 6th, tournament semifinals and MLS Cup, or the MLS tournament final. I don't know if they'll call it MLS Cup, will take place on August 11th. There are 54 matches, 26 match days. Group stage round 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, championships. And we already talked about the minimum, maximum, three minimum, seven maximum. Uh, they've already split up the teams in the groups. Tiebreakers for determin- determining four third place clubs are one points, two goal differential, three goals scored, and four disciplinary points. So this is the same thing that kind of happened in the World Cup. I think it was Japan versus Senegal. They tied on everything in the group stages of the World Cup, and Senegal went through, or Japan. One of those teams went through on disciplinary record because they were tied on points, tied on goal differential, tied on goals scored. So they had to go through the disciplinary record. I've got to Google that because it was one of those. Te- it was in that group. So we will look at this real quick, and we'll we will come back to you. Because, again, we want the Logan Blackman show to be right all the time. And if we're not, that's very disappointing. It's very sad if the Logan Blackman show is not right because this is where everybody gets their news. We're, we we literally have a whole thing called Stay Woke Wednesday. Don't listen to the national media. And listen to me instead. But um, in this, Japan is the one that went through. But it was off disciplinary record. Goal differential, they both had zero. Japan and Senegal both had four goals scored. Both had the same amount of points. So disciplinary record, Japan went through. We went on tie. They could also look if they wanted to look at tiebreaker. They tied two to two when they played each other. So Japan ended up going through, not Senegal. But I knew it was those two teams, but I couldn't remember which team went through. I was leaning towards Japan and said Senegal. I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's what my brain was thinking at the time. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the MLS's back tournament. You can catch. Games on Wednesday again. We'll preview this more in-depthly on Wednesday. Lando City will taking, be taking on Inter-Miami. And Nashville will be taking on Chicago. Those are the first two games of the tournament. 
The first game, Orlando City versus Inter-Miami, will be at 7 p.m. Central Time, and Nashville versus Chicago will be at 9.30 Central Time. All of these games will be played at the Disney Worldwide of Sports Complex down in Orlando. Every single one of these games until the championship. I'm excited. I love the MLS. I'm very excited for another MLS season, even though it's a lot different than what a normal season would look like. It's a whole lot different. And it's kind of fun and kind of sad at the same time. I mean, you never want to have anything like, uh, what do you want to call it? You don't want to have anything affected like a lot where it completely changes the entire fabric of the tournament of the over the season but at least there's a season that's what we can look forward to on this and with the other seasons around the world of soccer we have two big title races still we're going to keep tabs on this every single logan blackman show lazio and juventus and syria and barcelona versus real madrid in la liga let's talk about the latter first with barcelona now, four points behind Real Madrid. As we said, they've been dropping points like crazy before this past weekend. They dropped three of their last four games, drawing those three. And that's not good in an intense title race against your biggest rival. And arguably, the biggest rival in the world of soccer. Maybe in the world of sports by some facets of this. Like, you can argue, what? There's a lot of great rivalries in sports. Packers-Bears is a great rival, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Steelers-Ravens has been building up a lot recently. You've got every single NFC East rivalry. Those teams all hate each other in the NFC East. AFC East, Patriots-Jets are a big rival. Bills-Dolphins were a big rival in the 90s. Cowboys-40, like there's so many. And then you got baseball, Cubs-Cardinals. Then you got the Dodgers versus Astros now. <laughs> Um, uh, what other ones that are huge rivalries in sports, NBA Celtics Lakers. That's a great big rivalry in soccer over in England, Liverpool versus Manchester United, Manchester United versus Man City. You got Italy, uh, Juventus versus AC Milan or Inter Milan versus AC Milan. Uh, all the big clubs facing each other, but in Spain, Barcelona versus Real Madrid is massive. El Clasico, Der Klassiker in Germany with Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, but El Clasico is the biggest one. And this weekend, you saw Messi top his assist record for a season. He is now at 19 assists on the season. He, scored nine, he has 19 assists on the season and 22 goals this year. So far, I think it's his best tally of his career. And they have, oh, what did Barcelona have in total goals? I believe he has 7% or 4% of Barcelona's total goals, which is ridiculous to think about, I know four or seven percent is not a lot, but if you're talking about thousands, hundreds of thousands of goals, or not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of goals throughout their history, and Messi being 31 years, 32 years old, that's a lot of goals. <laughs> Barcelona lasted a lot longer than Messi has throughout his lifetime. That Barcelona existed before Messi; they'll exist after Messi as well. At least you would you would think so. But Messi showing why he's the greatest again this year, even though. It looks to be all for naught as Real Madrid pretty much just sealed up this La Liga season. Real Madrid beat Atletico Bilbao 1-0 yesterday. Barcelona tried their best. They beat Villarreal 4-1. Antoine Griezmann got a goal. He's now equaled the number of Neymar goals. Goals that Neymar had in his first season in Barcelona with two or three more games than Neymar has. But 
this season in general for Antoine Griezmann, who's one of the, the greatest players in the world at this point in time, or one of the best, I think that's a better way to put it. He has, it seems like he's struggled in his first season, troubled adapting in his first season in Barcelona. He's playing more on the left wing, which is not his natural position. That's where he started his career. But then when he went to Atletico Madrid from Real Sociedad, he switched to more of a striker to a central number 10 position. Somewhere around there is a false nine. France, he plays right behind Olivier Giroud when they won the World Cup. Now, he's back to playing on the wing, and he's left-footed playing from the left wing. He's, he can't really cut in. I mean, he's good with both feet, but he is a way more he's, – he's left-footed, just straight up. So, yeah, so I've, it's been an adjustment for him. But 15 goals, same number as Neymar when he switched over. So – I mean, it's not been that terrible as everybody's made it out to seem. I've thought it's been a lot worse for Antoine Griezmann than it actually has been. But he's still scoring goals. So that's a good thing. It's a positive thing. This is in all competitions this year, though. This isn't in La Liga. This is all competitions. So you got Champions League, uh, La Liga, Copa del Rey, all those things for Antoine Griezmann. But Real Madrid, as we said, 1-0 victors over Athletic Bilbao. Four points clear Barcelona and don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. I don't think they've dropped points since the restart happened. So, yeah. Gerard Pique, I bring up Gerard Pique all the time when we talk about this. He even said, I don't see Real Madrid dropping points. Doesn't look like it's going to happen this time around either. And for Syria, another heated battle title race here. Juventus and Lazio. Lazio for... I'm upset. With Lazio, they're even further down the pecking order now, losing 3-0 to Athletic, AC Milan. I almost said Atletico Bilbao. 3-0 to AC Milan this weekend. AC Milan sits 7th in Serie A right now. Lazio are trying to catch Juventus. It's all, it's done. Done out here. They're tapping. It's done. They've lost two of their last four. Juventus have not lost since the restarts happened. They're flying with full colors. They just crushed their city neighbors, Torino, 4-1 this weekend. Yeah, it's it's done out here. Uh, Juventus have won Serie A again. They are now what? Oh crap! Seven points clear of at of Lazio. Almost at Atalanta. Seven points clear of Lazio, and it doesn't look like they're gonna drop anything. R Cristiano Ronaldo scored his first free kick in I think fifty-seven games. I might have the stats wrong, but it's been a crazy amount of time since he scored a, a free kick. He did that for fun at Manchester United. And now he's kind of been struggling to score free kicks. And But he scored one this weekend. And Juventus will be taking on AC Milan tomorrow. Will, he, will Juventus drop points in this? I don't know. Lazio, hopefully, for their sake, have a game that they can come back on. They're playing Lecce this week. Lecce. At the bottom of Serie A, towards the bottom, they're in 18th place. 25 points this season. They've lost six games in a row. They've played absolutely terrible. The worst team in the world at this point in time since the restarts happened. Six games lost in a row. They've allowed 70 goals. There's not one team, let's just make sure, one team in Serie A that scored more, has allowed more than 60 goals this season. They've allowed 70. 70 goals! Have not won. Obviously, allowing 70 goals is not a recipe for winning. So, are we terribly surprised they haven't won in a very long time? No. 
No, no, no. And I fully expect Lazio to just annihilate Lecce this weekend. Or when uh, tomorrow, when they absolutely... I, I'm expecting them to batter them. They scored 66 goals this season, which is the second most in the league. Atalanta scored 83, which is very, very impressive. Atalanta, arguably, other than Juventus, the best team in Serie A since the restart happened. They just, they just beat Lazio a few games ago and haven't looked slowing down. They have the best goal differential in the league with 83 goals to 39 goals allowed, which is a plus 44 for those of you wondering. And they are sit fourth place, and it looks like they're going to finish fourth or third. They're not going to finish fifth. They are currently, well, I'm not going to do the math, a lot of points above Roma, who sit in fifth place with 48 points, 63 to 48. You can do the math. I, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Roma losing the last three. It's, yeah, but as far as leagues go, I think it's done out here for La Liga and Syria. I think it's done out here. I think they're done. Leagues are over now. And in the Premier League, the last thing we're going to talk about, we're just going to touch on the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool bounced back and won yesterday. I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. 2-0 against Aston Villa. Manchester City, after beating Liverpool 4-0, get smacked 1-0 against Southampton. Now, I say smacked because it's Southampton. Southampton have not been the most, uh, the they have not been the best team this year. They've scored 30, what, no, 42 goals and allowed 55. They had lost their last, they've lost three of their last five, and then they go in playing Manchester City and beat them with a beautiful Che Adams free kick. I believe it was a free kick. I haven't seen the highlights, but I've seen the pictures. Che Adams, one of their summer signings from Birmingham, I believe. Yeah, great stuff from him. And for the Premier League, Manchester United just clottered clobbered clobbered <laughs> clobbered Bournemouth this weekend it was 1-0 and then Manchester United get three goals right before halftime and then close the game out 5-2 was the final there just an absolute demolition by Manchester United two goals scored by Mason Greenwood uh Anthony Martial gets a goal Marcus Rashford scores a penalty kick and Bruno Fernandes scores a great free kick for Manchester United to get the win over Bournemouth. Bournemouth right now sits 19th. And I... Yeah. I don't know. They haven't looked great. I thought Watford would be doing better since the restarts happened. Because they got a manager that's experienced great escapes before. And they've got very talented players on Watford. Pereira. Then you got Gerard De La Feu. Ismael You got some very, very talented players on this team. Dekure is very talented as well. And they're 28th, or 17th with 28 points this season. With Aston Villa one point behind them, and Bournemouth tied on Aston Villa, but have a worse goal differential than the Villains this season. Norwich, they lost this weekend. Unsurprisingly, Norwich lost. No way Norwich lost, but Brighton. And, yeah, Norwich players sat on the field and basically just thought about what they've done. Terrible season for Norwich. I had a little higher expectation. I don't know if I had them out of the relegation. So I didn't have them finishing last. I know that. And yeah, just feel bad for Norwich and their fans. Players taught like Todd Cantwell were just sitting on the field and just head down crying pretty much. Now you see the players that Bournemouth or not Bournemouth, Norwich have. They've got some good players on their team. You can expect players like Buendia 
and Todd Cantwell to be getting transfers away from Vicarage Road. No, Vic is Vicarage Road where Norwich play? I'm not sure. But they will be leaving. Max Aarons will be leaving as well. Timo Puki might be leaving as well. But I can guarantee the first three players I said are leaving. Buendia, Cantwell, Max Aarons, they're all gone. I would be very shocked if they weren't gone at the end of the season. I think Aarons goes to Everton. I think Cantwell goes to Leicester. And I think Buendia, where would Buendia go? I could see him in an Arsenal jersey. I could see him in Arsenal. But uh, he might leave the Premier League. But I think Cantwell and Aarons, being Englishmen, uh, a lot of English players don't really like to test the waters out in Europe. A lot of people like to stay in England. You see players like Ashley Young leaving to go to Inter Milan this off or this this last January. Jesse Lingard's reportedly looking to go to England. You have Chris Smalling going over. Then before that, Gary Lineker, uh, Mark Hughes, all going overseas as well. But and Kevin Keegan, legendary soccer player won a Ballon d'Or if I'm not mistaken I could be getting people confused uh but yeah there are not a lot of Englishmen go across the board so I don't see Cantwell and Aaron's doing that but I could see Buendia doing that I could see him fitting in at Inter Milan as well but Cantwell goes to Leicester reunite or basically just goes there to play with James Madison who played at Norwich he would be the recruitment party there for Todd Cantwell and Max Aaron's Everton just needs some depth at right back. They got Seamus Coleman, uh, Mason Holgate's pretty much just converted to a full-time center back now. So they're going to need another a young guy in there, and that's where Max Aarons comes in to play. But, yeah, that's my prediction for them. But you hate seeing teams get relegated. You hate it. You don't like seeing teams get relegated because you're just like, man, if that was my team, I'd be absolutely heartbroken. But it looks like – well, not looks like – North City are going down. North City are going down. Now, who are the teams that are going to be joining them? Bournemouth did not look like they had any heart against Manchester United. They looked terrible against Manchester United, both the first half and the second half. Even when they had the goal scored, they didn't look great. Manchester United just looked pretty bad at the start of the game. But then they figured it out. Bournemouth looked dead in the water. Uh, Aston Villa, Jack Grealish. Uh, looks to be, I mean, they haven't played great because Jack Grealish can't do any, can't do everything, but he's trying his hardest to make sure that Aston Villa stays up. I just think Watford with Nigel Pearson, mo he motivates them enough to stay up. I, at least that's what I think. Their players are too talented to go down. Some of their players. They don't have the greatest players in the world. Their defense has not been great, and their goal scoring has not been great. But they have some talented players like Saar, Pereira, and De La Feu and Decoure, all of those guys are pretty to very talented. <laughs> and they beat Liverpool. They ended Liverpool's unbeaten run this season. They're the first team to beat them this season, other Manchester City. So I can't see them going down. That'd be kind of crazy. I I don't know. I think it's what we look at right now with Norwich, Bournemouth, and Aston Villa. I think those guys stay down. I could see Eddie Howe going to Tottenham because he ain't staying in the championship. Eddie Howe. Goes to Spurs, and yeah, Jack Grealish goes to Manchester United. What other players are good enough to go to other teams? Uh, John McGinn, I could see him going to, where would John McGinn go? I could see him going to Manchester United, but I don't think he'll go there this offseason. I could see John McGinn going to a, uh, I could see him going to Everton or Newcastle. 
just one of those northern teams. I think I think Newcastle would suit him nicely. He's a good player. I I really like John McGinn. But those are the players I think are going to be gone. I think Josh King finds a new club this offseason. I think Callum Wilson gets a new club. Ryan Frazier, Dylan Brooks, all find new clubs. Uh, Ramsdale, I think he leaves. like Much like uh, Jordan Pickford for Sunderland. Goes to Everton, broke a British record goal transfer fee for a goalkeeper, I believe. Ramsdale's gone. Where he goes, I don't know. I could see him going to like a Newcastle or something, but they got Dubrovka, so I don't know if he'd go there. Uh, go to Tottenham. I've heard Nick Pope in years gone by goes to Tottenham as well. But we, I don't think Ramsdale's ready for that big of a jump to Tottenham from Bournemouth like that, at least just yet. But yeah, there's a lot of good players that are going to get relegated this season. I've mentioned just some of them. There's many more I could talk about, but those are the players I could think of off the top of my head. But those players are all going to be gone. So these teams are going to have to re-recruit players, bring players out there to the youth teams, and just hope they can go up on the first time of axing. Like, Newcastle's done that. West Ham have done that. There's a lot of teams that come up right when they go back down. Go down, and they come right back up just as fast. And Newcastle have stayed up in the Premier League. They're in 12th place and are poised to become the richest club in the world if this takeover actually does happen, which would be crazy to think about. Newcastle used to be one of the best teams in the world, or in the Premier League at least, with Alan Shearer, with Ferdinand, with the, uh, what did they call him? I can't remember what they called that team. The Entertainers, that's what they called them. Then they sucked for a while, and then now they're looking like they're going to be on the comeback again. So that's what it looks like anyways. If they do get this takeover. Now, there's all the chances in the world that this takeover doesn't actually happen. The amount of players they've been linked to if with this takeover is ridiculous. Like, Kalidou Koulibaly, if this takeover doesn't happen, then he's going to throw all these rumors out the window. Kalidou Koulibaly, for some reason, Kylian Mbappe, but that'd be like the Robinho to Manchester City type transfer, but Mbappe's a, a lot better than Robinho was because Mbappe's just a one of the best players in the world right now he's 21 years old maybe 22 he might be as old as me or maybe he's 21 or 20 i don't know he's young there's a lot of good players getting linked to newcastle i could see like a shakiri going there or i could see coutinho coming back to the premier league at newcastle uh there's a lot there's some good players that could transfer over to newcastle united but we'll have to wait and see if that takeover actually does happen because mark hughes i would suspect though he's become a fan favorite this season if the takeover does happen I don't see Mark Hughes staying around for that long. I think Maurizio Pochettino goes shoot straight up to the northeast of England and, yeah, just chills out with Newcastle. And then he how goes up to Tottenham. Josie Mourinho gone after this season. My prediction. And Eddie Howe just takes over at Tottenham. That's this is what I'm feeling. That's what my gut's telling me right now. So if I get this right, I will be posting this everywhere. I'll cut this up, and I'll post it again, saying, look what Logan said. Logan was right. This is just my gut feeling. My gut feelings. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't heard any reports about this, but that's just what my feelings are at this point in time. Oh, Nathan Ake. Uh, I've wanted him to go to Manchester United for a while. Chelsea is obviously going to be looking for a center back as well this offseason as well. He's a former Chelsea player. But I could see him working very well with Manchester United. I saw the video of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talking to him after a game. So, 
Yeah. I always get – when I play FIFA, my go-to center back I always get is Nathan Ake because he's left-footed. He can play the ball. That's what I look for. That's It's like a daily blend. Manchester United got wrong of the, rid of the wrong defenders at the wrong times. Got rid of Johnny Evans at daily blend but kept Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo and Chris Smalling. Now, I am aware Chris Smalling is balling out in Italy. But Johnny, I would rather have Johnny Evans daily blend than the center, back, center backs that they have right now. I like, I love Harry Maguire. I like Lindelof and I like Eric Bailly. But I like Axel Twanzebe as well. But Rojo, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling should have all gone before the likes of Johnny Evans and daily blend. Johnny Evans was tipped to be the next captain at Manchester United for crying out loud before he went to West Brom. And Daly Blind was a versatile player that would have been beautiful at this point in time for Manchester United. Now he's been balling out in Holland with the Ajax again. Maybe he just makes the return to Manchester United again. Left Ajax for Manchester United, back to Ajax, now back to Manchester United. Perfect. We'll have to wait and see, though, on that. But yeah, that's what we got. I I literally said before we started doing this, I'm going to touch on the Premier League. I'm not going to go in-depthly about the Premier League. I'm just going to touch on it. And we've talked about the Premier League, I think, longer than what we did about any other league <laughs> in the world of soccer that we were talking about just now. But in the Premier League right now, we got a game going on today. We have Tottenham taking on Everton. It's in the 11th minute right now. Nil-nil is the score right now. We got games going on tomorrow. We have Crystal Palace against Chelsea. Watford against Norwich in a very big relegation battle. And Arsenal against Leicester. Those are games going on tomorrow. And we'll go over the games going on on Wednesday. Actually on Wednesday. And before we get into any more topics, let's just talk quickly run through the scores in the KBO. Let's look at the scores around there. Look at this past weekend and tell you what happened in the KBO. On Saturday, Kiwoom beat KT 10-6. Hanwa beat the Deuce on Bears 6-2. NC Dinos beat the Kino Kia Tigers 9-2. Lope beat SK 10-4. And the Samsung Lions beat the LG Twins 7-6. LG did, though, get the revenge on Samsung yesterday. 7-3 was the final there. The NC Dinos beat the Kia Tigers 7-6. Doosan got revenge on Hanwa 7-4. KT beat Kiwoom 10-5. And SK beat Lote 6-3. And then we got games going on tomorrow. We have Hanwa versus Lote, KT versus Kia, LG Twins taking on the Deuce on Bears, NC Dinos will take on SK, and Samsung will be taking on Kiwum. All of those games will be at 4.30 in the morning. And then on Wednesday, we have Samsung versus Kiwum, Lote versus Hanwa, LG versus Deuce on Kia versus KT, and SK versus NC. All those games at 4.30 as well. And the updated standings right now in the KBO, NC Dinos remain untouched at top of the league. Followed by Kiwoom with 33 and 21 record. Doosan in third. Then LG, Kia, Samsung, KT, Lot, SK, and Hanwa, who are three games behind SK in the battle for last place in the KBO. So, with that being said, let's take a quick little break here on the Logan Blackman show. We'll come back. We got some NFL stuff to talk about, unsurprisingly. We also got some college football to talk about. We got a big time quarterback commit. Going to a big-time university that just craps out great quarterback talent. So we'll come back to you here on the Logan Blackman Show right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement Podcast. Uh, We got some ginormous news, ginormous news coming out of the world of the NFL. 
and it was right about when I stopped recording for that little, for that 40 minutes, I took a little break and then came back. Good Lord, this thing is massive. And I mean it more in one way. Like it's breaking news, which is massive news. But the thing that they're reporting on is even massiver. Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes have reached an agreement on a 10, 10, 10, 10 year contract extension that ties in the Kansas City Chiefs through 2031. League sources tell ESPN. A 10 year contract. People are speculating somewhere around the $300 million mark. This is going to be the biggest contract in NFL. Some people are saying, like one person, uh, four to four hundred to four hundred fifty million with two hundred guaranteed, about four hundred fifteen, four hundred twenty-six point five million, eight seventy-five per hour with no benefits. <laughs> um, what else do we got in here? Mahomes, 400 million. Russell Wilson received $140 million for four years. 10 year deal, probably around 400 million. At least 450. Uh, I saw they offered five years, 260 million, which is 52 million a year. So, five for so probs 500 for 10. Then $300 million guaranteed. There just goes so much speculation on this. 400 million, 240 guaranteed. Ah, God. We knew. Now, we have all known this. The the it's not shocking that it is Patrick Mahomes getting this master contract because he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He won an MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. He was the Super Bowl MVP. He's the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. And when there were rumors coming out that he's going to sign a monster contract or a um, what do you want to call it? A record-breaking contract. Not everybody really was surprised by that. But I don't think in anybody's wildest dreams, at least in mine, that he would be getting a 10-year contract. 10 years! Man, for their sake, I hope that he doesn't get hurt. I really like Patrick Mahomes. From all that I can gather, seems like he's a good person. Uh, he's very fun to watch. Very exciting. Very talented. 10 year contract. I got to listen to Chiefs fans even more now. I have some of my closest friends are Chiefs fans. A lot of William Penn friends that I have from back in my days at Penn are Chiefs fans. So when I say I am bombarded with Chiefs things all the time on every social media platform, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. I got people on Snapchat. I got Instagram. I got Twitter. They're all retweeting and tweeting. And now they don't even need to tweet anything because all the other NFL networks are tweeting it out around the NFL, NFL, Fox, Fox sports, NFL, ESPN, the NFL network. They're all tweeting out stuff. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. They're all, uh, man, this pains me because I, a pure-blooded Iowan got blessed to be born in the Midwest. But the one curse I have stuck listening to Vikings fans, to Packers fans, and to Chiefs fans all the time. Bears fans, I like Bears fans. I got a lot of family in Chicago. got a lot of family from Illinois. I like the Bears. 
But this, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Packers, now the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl for the first time in, what was it, 50 years? Got to listen to it more because as reports were a few months ago, a lot of people are thinking that this is the new Patriots. You got the best quarterback in the NFL. You're about to sign him to a 10-year contract. 10-year. I cannot wrap my head around that. Keenan Allen jokingly tweeted, this team is going to be around $750 million. Like, they're the Mahomes. Hey, Mahomes, you want to share some of that money with your Mahomes? Yeah, gang. Man. I'm intrigued to see what this is going to be worth. It's going to be insane amount. I want to see it. Let's see if I can refresh Twitter. And I don't know if they have any more news other than the fact that it's just a 10-year contract. Do they have any money? Uh, contract lengths? Or not contract. Uh, contract amounts? Doesn't seem like it. But still. Like, here's Adam Schefter tweeting this now. No other notable NFL contract extensions in length prior to Mahomes' 10-year contract. Don McNabb, 12-year contract with the Eagles. Brett Favre, lifetime contract with the Packers. That obviously didn't work out as he played for the Jets and Vikings afterwards. Drew Bledsoe, 10-year contract with the Patriots, which he signed in 2001 and then went to the Bills the next offseason because he got beat up by Tom Brady. Michael Vick, 10-year contract with the Falcons. Uh, as you can see, uh, only Favre is a Hall of Famer of these quarterbacks. These are all good quarterbacks. But McNabb, I'm, I, did he play 12 years with the Eagles? After this, signed in 2002, did he play 10 years in the or 12 years there? I'm not sure. I don't know when he left the Eagles because he went to Washington and then he went to Minnesota. And then Vic became the starter in Philly after Kevin Cobb got hurt, I guess. But dang, 10-year contract. None of these quarterbacks, it's kind of funny, none of these quarterbacks either A, lived up to the, or played out those contracts, or B, played for that team after they signed that contract. Like, Vic went to prison shortly after this, I think two years after he signed it. Drew Bledsoe was on the Bills the next year. Brett Favre obviously didn't play his life with the Packers. Because he went to the Jets and then the Vikings after that. Which could be technically a contract breach on the Packers part because Favre wanted to play for the Packers. But they said, ah, we got Rodgers now. We want to start Rodgers. If you come back, you're going to be a backup. So that could be that. And McNabb went on to play for the Redskins and Vikings. So will Mahomes play those 10 years on the Chiefs? I don't know. We'll have to see. He's right up there in talent with all these guys he's right up there with Favre and Vic as regards to talent I don't know how Drew Bledsoe talked himself into a 10-year contract with the Patriots good lord he didn't do it he got them the one Super Bowl he didn't even do anything that spectacular throughout his time there 10 years jeez Favre get that Super Bowl multiple MVPs Vic most electrifying player the NFL has ever seen until Lamar Jackson came to the league McNabb um, he did good things in Philly, I guess. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he did good things in Philly. Even though Philly fans didn't like him for a short period of time. But that's, that's Philly fans with every quarterback they've ever had. They hated Randall Cunningham for a little bit. 
And here's Adam Schefter tweeting this 43 seconds ago. There are no official numbers on Patrick Mahomes' 10-year contract extension just yet, but multiple sources believe it is ultimately be t- will be tied to the percentage of the salary cap for each season. The higher the cap goes, the more Mahomes will make. Like I said, Mahomes, you want to help your Mahomes out and give us some money? Like, there's a lot of broke college kids out there like myself that are doing podcasts talking about you. I've I've come out and said you're the best quarterback in the league by a long shot. I said it's guaranteed you're the best, not not up for debate. So, hey, I'm we could be buddies. We're friends, guy. We'll be my buddy, guy. That's what I'm hoping for. It's me and Mahomes like this. That's the hope. Will it happen? Time will tell. But the hope is there. <laughs> Rebellions are built on hope, as they say in. Uh, the Star Wars episode. What is it? Rogue One? Yeah. Rogue One. There. Rebellions are built on hope. I really like that Star Wars, by the way. It's a very it's a very good Star Wars movie. I like I think I appreciated it more because of the fact that they actually killed off everybody. Unlike the like that was the worry going in. Like, okay, this movie takes place between episode three and four. What is gonna happen here? Are we actually going to kill people off? Are we going to leave loose and like tie, not tie in everything together? Or we don't know certain things. Like the the sequels, there's a lot of information we do not know about. Like Snoke, we know that he was a clone or a, a, whatever you want to call it. But where did he come from? Uh, we don't know who Maz is. And we don't know the story of how she got Luke's lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber. Because it's, it's, it's Anakin's lightsaber. Because she told Rey in episode seven that a good question but for another time that was what we were told and i don't know the story no one knows the story how she got luke's lightsaber or anakin's lightsaber not luke's anakin's no one knows the story there's so many loose ends that haven't been tied up in the sequels and so frustrating or how palpatine survived or why we just randomly wanted to throw him in at episode whatever i'm on a star wars rant i can go on and on about star wars rants i'm not gonna do that here we're here to talk about this monster contract with patrick mahomes but that's all i can say about it right now really (laughs) unless uh, i'm gonna keep updating my twitter account because i gotta see how (laughs) when this contract if the numbers actually get released i've got they've got to be released soon come on mahomes mahomey give me some money Mahoney, Mahoney, hello my baby, hello Mahoney, hello my right arm girl, it's, uh, what's, what movie is that, is that from Predator or Alien, it's at the end of Spaceballs too, but I don't remember where they took it from, yeah, let's move on, but before we do that, Everton are down 1-0 to Spurs at halftime, Michael Keane, former Manchester United and Burnley defender, gets an own goal, and it's halftime right now, 1-0 to Tottenham Hotspur. So let's move on. We got Patrick Mahomes, one of the most talented quarterbacks the NFL's ever seen. I'll never forget having that conversation with my dad when they played the Indianapolis Colts. They ended up losing the game, but I asked him, it was like halftime or around halftime, I asked him, can Patrick Mahomes be the greatest quarterback of all time? Will he be the greatest quarterback of all time? And there's that chance. There's that chance he is the greatest quarterback of all time. And playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most, I mean, they are a historic franchise. They're one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. They got two Super Bowls to their name, 
Hank Stram with keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. One of the greatest quotes in NFL films history. Love it. But the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, throughout their history, more so closer to the 21st century and into the 21st century most notably, have been under some scrutiny, not a lot, from a lot of people, but about their name, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, a lot of this has been said from their old own, from their, for the original owner was called Chief. He was the Chief. But the, the, the Chief thing, a lot of people are sensitive to that kind of thing. The Atlanta Braves are another team. The Chicago Blackhawks will get mentioned around that as well. And the most infamous ones, the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins. That's what we're looking at right now. The Redskins and the Indi- the Cleveland Indians. The two most infamous logos and names in sports. The Redskins and the Indians. The Indians, I would argue, is worse because of Chief Wahoo. Chief Wahoo is a terrible logo. They need to change that. Like, that. I don't know why my snap was weird the first time I did it. But Chief Wahoo makes it worse. But the Redskins' name is worse. Like, a lot. I hate the Redskins' name. I, it's, I, ta- I brought this up on Friday. It's not something you really think about when you're younger. You don't really associate it. But as you get older, you start hearing it and go like, the Redskins. Ugh. Our team name is the color of another people's skin. Like, ugh, it doesn't feel right. So there's been a lot of names getting thrown about for the Washington Redskins and what their name was. And there were some jokes last night. The Redskins have changed their name to the D.C. Redskins. to change. They had the official name change, the D.C. Redskins. The Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins have combined to change their names to the, the Washington Indians or the Cleveland Redskins. They changed their names officially. I just thought those were funny. The D.C. Redskins. I died laughing when I saw that on Twitter. I was like, oh, man. They officially changed their name, which is... If I'm being honest, I would not be surprised if Daniel Snyder do that. That's something Daniel Snyder would do and probably have a laugh about it. Like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing I've ever done. I've done a lot of funny things with the Redskins that not a lot of people can really explain. And apparently, a lot of the minority owners in the Washington Redskins are trying to sell their shares. Unsurprisingly, I wouldn't really want to have a lot of stuff staked into the Washington Redskins franchise either. If you told me about this in the, like, 70s, I would have bought stock in the Red. I would have wanted to be a part of that Redskins team. They won three Super Bowls with Joe Gibbs as the head coach, three different quarterbacks, Joe Theismann, uh, Doug Williams, and Brett Rippon. Like, they won a lot of – they won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Not a lot of head coaches could say that. It's how great Joe Gibbs was and how great the Redskins franchise was for that period of time. You had the Hogs on the offensive line. Daryl Green, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the NFL. John Riggins was a part of the team. I think the fun bunch was the Redskins. That I could be wrong about that. But they were a great franchise when they first started. And now as we sit here on July 6, 2020, the Redskins are considered one of the worst franchises in the NFL, which is ridiculous. Because I saw someone on Instagram a while ago. It was a a franchise tier list, the Redskins were below the Minnesota Vikings on a tier list. And I'm not saying the Minnesota Vikings aren't an historic franchise. They're very historic. The Bud Grant teams, Fran Tarkington, and all those, the Purple People Eaters, they got a great history. They've been the four Super Bowls, 
Granted, they lost all of them, but they've been to four Super Bowls. Very historic team, but not more historic than the Washington Redskins. Why? Because of the simple fact they have three Super Bowls to none. That's the big one. And really the only one I really need to worry about. The Redskins are just disrespected in the the 21st century because of themselves. (laughs) They're disrespected by the public because they have themselves have been terribly run. They've the, the moment Dan Snyder bought the Redskins, the whole franchise has been downhill. Like when we did world, the top five dumbest, not this last Friday, but two Fridays ago, the number one reason the the dumbest thing they did was let Dan Snyder buy the team. Cause they have been terrible ever since they have a losing record they had a winning record before Daniel Snyder. Now they have a losing record. The amount of contracts they've signed, the amount of free agents they've signed have been terrible. Their building towards the future has been terrible. Now their building of a defense in this recent history has been very nice. With the uh, they got Chase Young added to a very ta- talented defensive line. They got Montez Sweat last year. And then he got, uh, crap, the guy from Bama, Drawn Payne there as well. You get, you're building a nice little defense there, but... Your offense, ugh, I don't know. But the main cog in the offense, or one of the main cogs that, if you add, depending on who you ask, the opinions vary on this person all the time. It's Dwayne Haskins, currently the starting quarterback of the Washington Redskins. Dwayne Haskins has a ton of potential, but the Redskins have a, done a terrible job at building around him. Now they got Terry McLaurin, really talented wide receiver. AP's aging. Darius Geis is hurt every five minutes. Their offensive line, other than Brandon Sheriff, is nothing special because now Trent Williams is now playing over in San Francisco. You got Ron Rivera, which I really like, and Jack Del Rio is a D coordinator, but the offense needs work. But Dwayne Haskins came out yesterday or two days ago and tweeted that he likes the name Redtails. So everybody took that as, oh my God. He likes the name Red Tails. That means they've changed their name to the Red Tails. Which is what I would do if I'm the Redskins. That's what I would change the name to. At least that's, out of all the names I've heard, that's my favorite one. I like the meaning behind it as well. But Dwayne Haskins was like, I this is just the one I like the most. I'm not saying this is what the team name is. I just like this one. And I've also, here's some other names that I've heard the Washington Redskins. This is on some Instagram accounts. The Washington Redskins. Now, I hear you. I hear you listening right there. You're like, Logan, that's the same exact name as before. No, this one's different. Why? Because it's potato skins. Red potatoes. The potato skins are red. So they're they're basically potatoes. Then he also got the potato skins. On the thing with the potatoes, just red skins. If you want to keep the same name, you change the logo with the potato. Uh, Potato skins, different name. But now everybody knows what you're talking about with with the potato. Then you got the Karens, which is what I've heard, but... I'm not a big fan of the name, the the word Karen. It just sounds weird. Ugh, Karen, get out of here, man. It sounds like a South Park skit that people are actually throwing that around. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, the Rednecks, something I've heard. I've had a redneck because I've been working outside. My, my neck has been fried pretty much. And now when I get summer, I don't even feel it on my neck anymore. Uh, then we had the Red Pandas. Those were one, the Kung Fu Panda guy, uh, Master Shifu, he's a red panda. And then my fa- my favorite one, I almost started laughing before I even read it. I'm laughing now. The, wa- the Washington Foreskins. 
my God. I'll repeat it. The Washington Foreskins. <laughs> Please name your team the Washington Foreskins. That would be the greatest name of all time. Please. I beg you. The Washington Foreskins. I know I've been a big, uh, what do you want to call it? A big advocate for the Red Tails. But man, if I imagine you're sitting there at FedEx Field because FedEx has basically said, we're not going to sponsor you if you don't drop the name. And in doing such, Nike's also dropped all Redskins apparel from their website. As we talked about, the minority orders are dropping it as well. So if you walk into whatever their stadium is going to be called, if they do, so FedEx Field, you can guess they're going to change the name. So they're still playing in FedEx Field. Because if that's been a question that's been brought up a lot. Will they change it before the start of the season? They're going to have to because if they don't, they're going to have to go back to RFK or play at uh, Audi Field, which is where the where D- DC United plays and where uh, the DC Defenders played. But could you listen? Like, you're sitting there in your stand. You just got your, your large beer. You're sitting there with your burger, with your beer, and you're watching the game, and all of a sudden the PA announcer and here come the foreskins. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine that? Could you actually imagine that? I would love that's not, that. We talked about the Cares Me of South Park skit. The foreskins is a South Park skit. And the logo is awesome, too. I saw it. It popped up on my Instagram feed. Could you imagine that? The uh, PA announcer, the Washington Foreskins. Here we have starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins of the Foreskins. <laughs> uh, I got to move on. I got to move on. I can't keep talking about the Foreskins. I, just... I mean, you're already a laughing stock. Might as well just fully commit to the bit and go, ah, oh, yeah. We're going to unironically name ourselves the Foreskins. <laughs> oh, man. The Washington Foreskins, man. That's a great name. I'm all for that. But, man, that if I'm being honest, I really like the Red Tails. I actually genuinely think the Red Tails would be a good name. But if they want to just commit to the bit of being a laughing stock in the NFL, Foreskins is the direction I would go, if I'm being 100% honest here. Uh, the other team that we talked about here is the Cleveland Indians. Uh, manager Terry Francona. Uh, came out and said that it's time for a change, essentially saying that it was time for a change. So all the names that I've been hearing for the Indians, I got no funny names like the foreskins for the Indians, but the one I've heard the most is the Cleveland Naps, which is the name of the team when they were like, not for, maybe they're like 20 years in their existence. I got a, I took a screenshot of an article. Let's see if I have, okay, here we go. Yeah. So the Bluebirds, so they had, the Cleveland Indians have had a lot of different nicknames throughout their history like the ones i got on the screen here you got the cleveland blues the cleveland broncos the bluebirds the the spiders which we'll talk about in a little bit but the naps are one that i've i've been hearing is the betting favorite to become the cleveland indians new name so here's a little article here uh the bluebirds suffered from financial problems in their first two seasons this led to summers to seriously consider moving to either pittsburgh or cincinnati obviously it didn't happen Relief came in in 1902 as a result of the conflict between the National oh geez, the National and American Leagues. In 1901, Napoleon Knapp, LaJoy, LaJoy, the Philadelphia Phillies star second baseman, 
jumped to the A's after his contract was capped at 2400 per year. And now we're talking about a 10-year, $400 million contract for Patrick Mahomes. Ridiculous. One of the highest-paid, highest-profile players to jumpstart the AL. To jump to the upstart AL. Same thing, pretty much. The Phillies subsequ- subsequently filed an injunction to force LaJoy's return, which was granted by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. The injunction appeared to doom any hopes of an early settlement between the warming the warring leagues. However, a lawyer discovered the injunction was only enforceable in the state of Pennsylvania. Mac, partially to, to thank Summers for his past financial support, agreed to trade LaJoy to the, the then Moribund, Moribund, Moribund Blues, who offered 25000 salary over three years. $25,000. Patrick Mahomes, after he signs this, can withdraw $25,000 from an ATM. Like, three years, $25,000. We just said Russell Wilson signed a four-year, what was it, $140 million contract? That's four years. Three-year, $25,000. Ridiculous. Due to the injunction, however, LaJoy had to sit out any games played against the A's in Philadelphia. LaJoy arrived in Cleveland on June 4th and was an immediate hit, drawing 10,000 fans to League Park. Massive showing there. Soon afterwards, the team he was named team captain, and in 1903, the team was renamed to the Cleveland Napoleon, shortened, soon shortened to Naps, after a newspaper conducted a write-in contest. So imagine that. It's like the Cleveland Browns, essentially, named after Paul Brown. Not Jim Brown, Paul Brown, the coach. You're named after a person. You're the Cleveland Browns. Now they're the Cleveland Naps, named after Napoleon LaJoy. Like, you're currently playing for the team. That's like the Kansas City Chiefs going out and naming themselves the Kansas City Pats, which, thinking about it, it's not a bad name. But the Kansas City Pats, that's like if this was happening now. The Cleveland Naps. Like, imagine that. The Cleveland Naps. I, I don't think that's a bad name, really. Might as well just go back to what your original names were, which is what some teams do. Not all the time, but sometimes. Or change, take a team name that was around the area that's no longer existed anymore. Like, the Colorado Rockies were a hockey team before they were a baseball team. And now they're the Colorado Rockies in the MLB. The Colorado Rockies now, I believe, are the New Jersey Devils. I could have that mixed around, but I think they're the New Jersey Devils. So you have a situation like that. So could do that. I don't know what team you could use, though, because all the teams are still currently there. But this would be just, just be a Cleveland thing. You got the Browns, named after a person. The Naps, named after Napoleon LeJoy, who was eventually a Hall of Famer. At least you would hope he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah. Crazy stuff. Three years, $25,000. You feel like $25 million contract. $25,000 contract. So, yeah, I would be for the Naps. I think that's a good, um, what do you want to call it? Has some nice historical value to it because it's like they were named that. But knowing the times we're in now, people are going to look up him and he's going to have some, like, slave owner part to him or he's part of the KKK or something. And then they're going to have to change it again. Which is what happens, which has happened a lot throughout a lot of teams' histories. Like, or not a lot throughout a lot of teams' history, but now people are looking up a lot of people and going, oh, this guy was a really bad person. But that's the leader right now. And on, on the face of it, doesn't look like he did anything bad. On the face of it, I haven't done extensive research about it yet, but cancel culture will probably figure it out before I do. 
And then the other the other name I've been hearing is the Cleveland Spiders. I think that was one of their old names as well. And I saw a mock-up uniform. I might I'll probably throw it on the green screen. A mock-up of their uniforms on Instagram. So that's a good one as well. And the logo looks pretty cool. It's a C, but with the spider legs coming out of it. I didn't think it was that bad, if I'm being 100 percent honest. I I'd be down with the Cleveland Spiders. I mean I don't like the nickname Spiders anyways. I have no problem with Spiders. Never have. I A lot of my friends are pussies when it comes to Spiders. But I've never really had a problem with Spiders. I had a spider in our basement over at our old house that just hung out in the basement. His name was Fred. He just hung out in the basement. And then my downstairs roommate found him in the bathroom. On, he usually stayed in our bathroom closet. But he came out one day and scared the hell out of Tim. So I told him not to kill him because I, so eventually I scooped him up in a, in a like a, a broom bucket, whatever you want to call that thing, brought him outside. But spiders, for a nickname, you don't really see that a lot. It's a lot of like those TV movie nicknames, like the, the dynamite or something like that. Like the original XFL names, the extreme, like names like that, where they don't actually sounds corny there's only one team that's nicknamed the spiders that i could think of and that's richmond i don't know any other team that goes by the nickname spiders but if it works it works it the logo's better than the one they have now i like the c but the fact that they got they can keep the c but the chief wahoo is the one that's the big problem and then the cleveland midges mid mids i don't know what that how to say that word is that exactly but Midges, uh, if you recall, in Game 2 of the 2007 ALDS against New York Yankees, New York Yankees pitcher jo- Job Chamberlain was distracted by a swarm of little bugs called Midges. And the hurler eventually tossed a wild pitch and nailed Victor Martinez with the pitch in the playoff game the Yankees lost. So a lot of folks, including former Yankees pitcher Phil Hughes, want to see the nickname change to the Midges. The Midges, I think that's how you're pronouncing it. There's a team, um, this was in the state baseball tournament two years ago when I was working at the Iowa Cubs. For a few, like for a summer, I helped record Iowa Cubs games. There was two teams playing. I can't remember who the teams were to save my life. It was lower level Iowa high school baseball. It was lower leagues. Uh, What was the team? I can't remember where they were from. But the game was the Big Red against the Midgets. The Big Red against the Midgets. I think it was Big Red. I know the Midgets won. The Big Red, everybody's wearing uh, the headdresses that the Native Americans used to wear, the chief headdresses. And then the Midgets. Like, I've never heard a team actually be called the Midgets. There's a lot of jokes going around social media that like Kyler Murray wants the Giants to change their name to the, from the Giants because it's a mean to short people. But <laughs> but I was like, you could do the Washington Midgets. But I was like, ooh, that's probably not the right <laughs> phrase to use for that. But there is a school in Iowa. I cannot think of their school name at all, but they're the Midgets. And I remember laughing at that. I was like, who actually calls themselves the Midgets? And then a guy I was working with was like, this is the battle of the two least politically correct schools in the state of Iowa. It's like, what? Big Red versus 
the Midgets. Interesting battle here. I think the Big Red eventually won. I think they won the state tournament that year, but I don't remember who it was. The Red and Black. What was their team name? They were like a six seed or something. They were very – they were not supposed to win the tournament, and they ended up winning it. But, yeah, Midges is one of the team names for the Indians. Uh, which one's your favorite for that? The Naps, the Spiders, the Midges, or just keep the Indians, I guess. I don't know. I could see the Naps being it. I have no problem with the Spiders. Midges is just one that the fans came up with just to have a little fun with it. And that one's obviously not going to be that. It's like Columbus had – there's a petition out to make Columbus called Flavortown because that's where Guy Fieri's from. That would be really funny. But it's not going to happen. There's a lot of petitions for everything. There's a petition that um, is, it's a petition to combine the Dakotas to make Megacota. Combine North and South Dakota to make Megacota. I signed it, but it hasn't happened yet. There's a poll to make Lightning McQueen Healy Crocs in adult sizes. I signed that one as well. That one hasn't happened yet. But it's kind of funny seeing these petitions. Like, some certain petitions, there's like, man, why is this a thing? Like that, like Flavortown. I get Columbus was not the the perfect person in the world. I'm not the biggest Christopher Columbus fan myself. But Flavortown would be really funny. Like, the Columbus Blue Jackets changed their name to the Flavortown Blue Jackets. Like, you know how awesome that would be? You know how great that would be? Ohio State saying they're playing Flavortown. Man. Ohio the Ohio State University located in Flavortown, Ohio. One of the greatest. I love it. I love it. I love everything about that. But yeah, there's a lot of things that are looking to be changed right now. The Indians or Redskins are definitely one. My vote for the team names would be the Naps and the the Red Tails. I think those are two easily the best. But the Foreskins, if that actually gets <laughs> thrown up into the the stratosphere it's dan snyder running this team nothing is out of the question with dan snyder running a franchise so i'm not gonna i'm not going to completely erase the idea that the redskins could change their name to the foreskins because that's something that daniel snyder in his infinite wisdom could definitely do and i'm all for it i would love to see it that's just me but as we said there's a lot of other teams around the world of sports none as uh out there as those two, the Redskins and the Indians, are definitely the two that that everybody can agree on that needs to change. But like the Blackhawks, the Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, Florida Seminoles, the Ole Miss Rebels are another one, but for a different reason. Um, the San Jose, the San Diego State Aztecs. Like there's certain things that people are like. Some people want to change. Others like, eh, eh, we don't really need to change it. The Blackhawks might have to change their logo, but. The name, I don't think they'll change, but I could see them changing their logo in the near future. But the Redskins and the Indians, especially the Indians, need to change their logo. But as far as names go, they need to change their names as well. And Red Tails, that's the go-to one for me, for Washington. Indians, change it to the Naps. It's a good connection there. Maybe it's too close to the Nats for the Nat Washington Nationals, but you know what? Who cares? It's not that. The, the Cleveland Napoleons... Which, I guess you could put the midgets down, because Napoleon wasn't a very tall guy. I guess he wasn't a midget, but that's not politically correct to say that. But, yeah, those are my votes, the Naps and the Red Tails for those two teams. Dwayne Haskins, uh, he's with me on that. Now, another team I think should change their name is the Utah Jazz. Because that name just doesn't make any sense to me. 
whatsoever. Now, I don't, I've never been to Utah, so I can't attest to this. I do not think there is a large amount of jazz playing going on in Salt Lake City or Utah in general. That's just my take on it. I could be wrong. There might be jazz played around there. Maybe BYU, Utah, over in Logan, over in, I don't know where all the other teams play. I know Utah State plays in Logan because that's my name. But, yeah, that name needs to change. There's a lot of other stupid team names that don't make, really make sense. Like the Lakers. I There's lakes in L.A., sure, but they were named the Lakers for Minnesota. The, I mean, they're never going to change. They're named the most, one of the most historic franchises in the NBA next to the Boston Celtics. Like, they're not changing their name anytime soon. But the Jazz, they ain't that historic. They've had some good players like Pete Maravich, Carl Malone, John Stockton. They have some of the most 90s-looking uniforms of all time. But Jazz in Utah just doesn't don't work. It doesn't work. Maybe there is Jazz in Utah, and I'm just ignorant. But you know what? As far as I'm concerned, as an Iowan, I don't think there's a lot of Jazz being played in Utah. Now, I could be wrong. There could be Jazz played throughout the streets of Salt Lake City, Utah, every single day. But as far as my knowledge goes, I don't think there's any... Utah or jazz play there's no Utah played in jazz so jazz playing Utah so yeah that's what we got right now what will they change their names to we'll have to wait and see time will tell I guarantee the Redskins will have their name changed before the start of the season otherwise they'll have the player out in the streets because they ain't playing in FedEx field I'll tell you that and they ain't getting any merchandise they ain't getting any sales for merchandise either at least from Nike the biggest meet the biggest sports brand in the world i've heard uh i don't i might have this stat wrong but i've heard that nike sells more air jordans than under armor sells their entire merchandise like that's just ridiculous it's it's that's insane to think about just a shoe sells more than under armor as a whole i'm not a big under armor person I have had two pairs of Under Armour shoes, and they were two of the worst pairs of shoes my entire life. So I'm not a big Under Armour person. And I wear, I got Nike socks on, Nike shorts on. I wear everything Nike, essentially. I was Adidas for a little bit. I had RG, the RG3 cleats. I had Derrick Rose shoes. I had the socks, shorts, whole nine yards. But I'm a big Nike guy. That's all thanks to my uncle. But that is just crap. I've never been a big Under Armour person. Under Armour, though, when I was younger, kind of was like how Kleenex is now. Like, can I have a Kleenex? But this isn't a Kleenex is the brand. Can I have a Band-Aid? Band-Aid's the brand. Like, I used to say, can I get an Under Armour shirt? And it was just the tight fit, tight fitted shirts. Then you get a Nike one, you get a Nike Under Armour, you get a C9 Under Armour. But that's just what we called it. Like, Kleenex and Band-Aid's. That's just the universal code for everything, even though those are brands. Those aren't the actual item. Like, tissue is the real name for it. Bandage is the other one. Like, the even the jam, the, the jam <laughs> for Band-Aid. I'm stuck on Band-Aid brand. They even say brand on it, because that's the brand. But everybody calls it that. There's good, good marketing by those two. But Under Armour's, yeah. And Steph Curry's trying his best to get him up, but those shoes that he wears are not great. They're ugly shoes. They're 
ugly to wear as well. They're just not comfortable. And all their, like, merchandise, like socks, shorts, shirts, all that are terrible as well. Their backpacks are good. I'll give them credit on their backpacks. Good job making backpacks. But overall, not great. But speaking of Nike, we have a Nike school, or I guess they're Jordan now, getting big name recruit today, or yesterday. Big name recruit yesterday. Caleb Superman Williams. Now, I don't know if he gave himself that nickname. If he gave himself that nickname, they're get double bird to you because don't give yourself nicknames. If he didn't and it actually gets called, it's in his Instagram name. He calls himself Caleb Superman Williams, which is pretentious, but that's just that's just me. Maybe he is Superman. He's as big as me, and I don't consider myself a Superman, so I don't know what he really does. Cam Newton is freaking massive. He looks like Superman. This dude's six foot one, two hundred five. He's as big as me. I don't know if he's. I don't consider myself Superman. I don't know who gave him the name Superman, but I definitely wouldn't be putting it in my, my Instagram name. Or my actual name. I wouldn't consider my. I wouldn't go like, "Hi, my name's Superman." Now, when I was younger, young Logan wanted to be Superman. Lo, young Logan was dying to be Superman, trying to be Superman all the time. But it didn't actually end up happening, obviously, as I'm sitting here. But there's pictures of me throughout our house. They're upstairs of me wearing Superman stuff. It's awesome. But I eventually did not become Superman. But it's cool if you are. If you're Caleb, if you're Superman, good job. But, you know, if you are, um, usually you wouldn't really want people to know your secret identity as Caleb Williams. But that's just me. That's how I would view it. But you know what? You do you. You're the five-star quarterback commit. Not me, so you do you. Do you. I'm not going to be too critical about that. But seriously, how does Oklahoma do this? I mean, I realize how they do it because you look at the quarterbacks that go in there and you're like, wow, I can be that. They Now they have two Elite 11 MVPs on their roster going into this next season with Caleb Williams. Or no, 2021. He's a 2021 recruit. You got Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler according to a lot of reports, is the most talented quarterback that Lincoln Riley has ever had at Oklahoma. Most talented quarterback he's ever had is Spencer Rattler. Now, I've never seen this dude play because they've had a lot of very talented quarterbacks there, but apparently he was pushing Jalen Hurts the last day. Like, it was big, and he almost fell in that uh, group of uh, Alex Hornibrook, uh, Malik Zaire, uh, who other quarterbacks have transferred, not done. Zeb Nolan going to the North Coast State. All these big quarterbacks transferring. It's not having it work out, really. Kind of just fading off into existence. Just doesn't really work out. But it's worked out for the two transfers that Oklahoma's had. Or three, I guess. Like, the last three quarterbacks they've had have not been developed entirely through Oklahoma. Like, you got Texas Tech, A&M, Alabama. Now you got two purebred Oklahoma Sooners. Spencer Rattler being the first one. Next will be Caleb Williams. Then you go from Baker Mayfield. Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall draft pick. You go to Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall draft pick. Then you go Jalen Hurts. Completely changed Jalen Hurts as a player. 3,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, somewhere around that. I know he had over 1,000-yard rushing. You get him second place in the Heisman, and then he gets drafted in the second round, which at Alabama – that didn't really seem like it was all that possible. And they completely changed Oklahoma. Now you got Spencer Rattler, the most quote-unquote talented quarterback Lincoln Riley's ever had. And now 
Next year, you'll have Caleb Williams, five-star quarterback. According to 24-7 Sports, 99.74 player rating. Or .9974 rating. So, pretty much perfect. He was the fourth highest rated player in this in this quarterback, this recruiting class. Five-star quarterback. Number one dual-threat quarterback. 4.57 yard, 4.57 yard dash. Offers from Oklahoma, obviously, because that's where he committed. Alabama, Buffalo. I don't know what they thought they were doing there. I mean, good on you, Buffalo, for trying. But Clemson in Florida goes to the University of Oklahoma. And I would, too. If I'm a young quarterback, I'm looking at what Oklahoma's doing and what Lincoln Riley's doing and just hoping and praying that Lincoln Riley don't leave Oklahoma for the NFL. Which, at this point in time, doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but you never know. You never, ever know. Nick Saban left for the NFL at one point. Like, there's crazy things that have happened. John Calipari coached in the NBA. Rick Pitino coached in the NBA. Legendary college coaches. When the NBA coaches, NFL coaches at one point. Now, Lincoln Riley, hopefully for these kids' sakes, he stays at OU. Because if I'm Caleb Williams and he leaves, I'm going to wherever he goes. <laughs> he can develop quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, go to Oklahoma, transfer from Texas Tech, walk on. Kyler Murray, this five foot nothing quarterback, that was basically a rotational piece at Texas A&M. Jalen Hurts lost his starting job, came in as pre- really just a running quarterback. Had a great year passing, finished second in the Heisman race. Now you got Spencer Rattler. Crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. And I had just got a little update on my laptop. It came in through the side of the screen. 10-year, $400 million in total. Worth over $400 million in total. Pedro's 10-year extension with the Kansas City Chiefs is worth over $400 million in total per league sources. The more significant question is, how much over $400 million? Yeah, how much more than $400 million is this dude going to get? Like, good lord. $400 million. Over $400 million. Patrick Mahomes had two years and $27.6 million left on his existing deal. $2.8 million this year, $24.8 million in 2021. His 10-year extension is worth over $400 million, though it's still uncertain how much over. So the lowest, his 12-year deal, so the lowest his 12-year deal could be worth is $427.6 million, but will be more. That's the lowest it will be. $427.6 million is the low point of this. And Pro Football Focus, in their infinite wisdom, came and tweet Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah, they're... They're not at the same level as this guy. I don't know. They're good. I'll give them that. But in no reason should those two be looking for contracts that are 10-year, 400-million-plus contracts. Like He's won a Super Bowl, won an MVP, best quarterback in the league. Those two are top 10 QBs but haven't done anything. Like that, There's nothing really spectacular that they've done. I mean, they... I don't know. They, they'll they get paid. Those two will make a lot of money. Those two will get paid. I'm pretty confident. This contract will make it the largest contract, not just in NFL history, but in sports history. 
surpassing Mike Trout's $426.5 million as the largest contract in American sports. 12-year, $427.6 million plus. We, have, we don't even know the exact numbers, but the lowest it can get is $427.6 million. It's bigger than Mike Trout's deal, Bryce Harper's deal, Giancarlo Stanton's deal, Garrett Cole's deal. The biggest contract coming from an NFL player. That's what a lot of people were looking for. And other news, Werder Bremen will be staying up in the Bundesliga with a 2-2 draw to FC Heidenheim. They will be staying up in the Bundesliga. So congratulations to Werder Bremen. So, yeah, congratulations to you guys. Josh Sargent will be up in the Bundesliga again. Maybe he was just going to be there anyways, but maybe he would have left for somewhere else. There's reports that Weston McKinney's looking to go to either Premier League or Hertha Berlin's been linked to him. So we'll have to see what happens with them. But Americans in the Bundesliga, yes, it's what we like to see. But man, monster contract for this dude, Patrick Mahomes. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And we talked about, back to what we were originally trying to talk about before Patrick Mahomes just rudely interrupted today's show. Uh, Caleb Williams, as we said, is named Superman. The real Superman, not Shaq. Shaq got it first, and then Shaq bestowed it to Giannis. But the Superman in the NFL has always been Cam Newton. He did the Superman celebration. I have a suit. I have a Superman Under Armour shirt. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know where it is anymore. But it was a nice undershirt for like football. Under Armour, get it? It was under stuff. It's arm. Yeah, got it. But Cam Newton um, is in New England now. I don't know if you've seen this picture, but it's all over social media of him officially signing or going, showing up and signing for the New England Patriots in those super tight shorts. Like, he's looking jacked. I'll give him credit for it, but that's not what I've been picturing in New England for this. Cam Newton is like the antithesis of Tom Brady. <laughs> Like, they're not the same person, obviously. So, I have to see how this eventually works out. There's a lot of people that are going, well, don't get too high. Remember the last superstar they signed in Antonio Brown? Remember how that worked out? Antonio Brown was in an, a weird state at this, that point in time. He just left the Raiders. He just got cut from the Raiders. Got in fights with Mike Mayock on a consistent basis. And basically got run out of the NFL with the sexual assault allegations that saw him leave New England, get cut from New England. He played one game for the Patriots against Miami Dolphins. Easiest game he'll probably ever play. But I don't think Cam Newton is that type of person. I don't see Cam Newton getting all into wanting to fight people in the front office. I don't see him doing that. Cam Newton, though can be a little bit hard to deal with at times, Hasn't been that type of person that's been a, where people call him a terrible teammate. The people have had that. There's been reports of that from AB for the past few seasons now. It's not just been up coming recently. Cam has never had any problems with any teammates, to my knowledge. Other than Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin. Those two don't like each other. I'll get that. Which Cam... I was on Kelvin Benjamin's side for a little bit just because he was on the Bills, but dude, that dude sucks. That dude is one of the worst receivers I've ever seen in my entire life. That dude could care less about being in the NFL. Dude, just fat. It sucked. Couldn't catch. It was fat. Like that. 
not a very great recipe for a number one wide receiver. He was big dude physically when he first got to the NFL. You're like, that is the, that is what we're looking for in a wide receiver. Big, strong dude. Looking like a Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones, but bigger. Like a David Boston. Like he's just freaking huge. Much like David Boston, though. Dude's not very good. <laughs> David Boston, when he signed with the Chargers from the Arizona Cardinals, someone asked him what his problem was, how he was dropping the ball. Dude said he has bad hands. You're a wide receiver and you openly say you have bad hands. That's not that's not what we need. <laughs> You're our number one wide receiver. We just paid millions of dollars for you. You have bad hands. That's not great. But yeah, the only team I can really think of, oh, and Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah, they punched each other at practice. Uh, Josh Norman, Calvin Benjamin, two not very well-liked players around the NFL anyway. So, yeah. Um, they're, so I don't really think a lot of people blame Cam for not really liking those guys. No, no one really likes Josh Norman, and nobody really likes Calvin Benjamin. A lot more people dislike Josh Norman than Calvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin's just lazy. Josh Norman just thinks he's way better than what he is. Like, way better than what he is. A thousand times better than what he actually is. He's terrible. Now, I hope he return. He goes back to the form of where he got Odell to completely freak out. If it wasn't for that, I don't think anybody would really know who Josh Norman is. That's just me. I don't think they'd know who he was, but he wouldn't be as highly talked about as he is right now. But yeah, Kel- those two, Cam, didn't really have great stuff together. But this could be like an A-B situation. If it does end up like an A-B situation, that's, I don't think the Patriots will mind because they signed him a league minimum. So I don't think they're really like, oh, shoot, we invested so much money in this guy and it turned out to suck. It didn't work out for us. They signed nothing, really. Was it $7.5 million for Cam Newton or something like that? Like, they're not worried about this. It's a no-lose situation for the New England Patriots in this scenario. They got a quarterback they really like and Jarrett Stidham there as well. They signed Cam Newton to a league minimum. So if Cam doesn't work out, we got another guy we really like right here. It all works out for the Patriots, as always. But yeah, Cam, it could be either A, B, or it could be like a Randy Moss who completely rejuvenated his career while coming to England. Here's a question. I don't know if you guys are ready for this question. If Randy Moss doesn't go to New England, is he still a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of Famer because the t- stuff he did in Minnesota was the stuff of legends. No one's been that big and that fast in the NFL. Like, I mean, Julio Jones for is a lot bigger, like, thick-wise than Randy Moss, but Randy Moss was just different. He went to Oakland, sucked in Oakland. His time in Oakland was terrible. And it almost got even worse because... The day before they traded him, they drafted Jamarcus Russell. So it was almost even worse than what it already was while playing for the Oakland Raiders. But this close to playing with Jamarcus Russell. Uh, A worse version of Dante Culpepper, essentially. Big arm. Big. (laughs) That's about it. But, uh, yeah. Randy comes over to New England, breaks the receiving record for touchdowns in the season with 23. Him and Tom Brady go on to have the greatest wide receiver and quarterback combination in NFL history, it seems. And rivals that of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Like, well, actually, technically, Joe Mon- Jerry Rice's numbers, I think, this could be wrong, 
are better with Steve Young than they were with Joe Montana. That could be wrong again, but I think that's right. But Randy Moss completely rejuvenated his career. First team Hall of Famer. First one since Jerry Rice. First team Hall first first ballot Hall of Famer. Could be like Randall Cunningham, which we talked about going from Philly, leaving the NFL, going back, rejuvenated his career with the Vikings. Becoming an elite passer. While well, playing for the Vikings. Now, again, Randy Moss was there. Chris Carter was there. So you had a lot better weapons than what you have in New England. New England's receiving core is the worst it's been in a little bit with the likes of Mohamed Sanu. Then you got Julian Edelman, obviously, who a lot of people consider a borderline Hall of Famer as it is because of his postseason stuff. Then you got Nikhil Harry. You got a new tight end coming in. You got James White. You got a decent running back core, James White being the main guy there, Sony Michelle being there. Brandon Bolden, I think, still there. Pat Delvin, still there. Or Devlin, still there. So you got weapons that you can throw to. Cam Newton, in his best statistical year since his MVP season, completion percentage-wise, was when he had Christian McCaffrey. So I think him and James White will work very, very well. Him and that whole running back group they have in New England will work very well together with Cam Newton. James White, Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, uh, Brandon Bolden, if he's still there, I guess I really don't know. But... Those guys will, they'll help each other. They'll, they'll help. They'll be like, help me help you. That's the situation we're going to go into with Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. So will Cam be a success? For Cam's sake, I hope so. For the New England Patriots and their fans' sake, hell no, I hope he sucks in New England. <laughs> but that's coming from a Bills fan. So I really don't, I don't want to hate on Cam. I don't hate Cam. I really like Cam. I don't think he'll have that huge of a problem with the likes of like what Antonio Brown did. Antonio Brown's been working out with Russell Wilson. Could we sit, could we soon see Russell Wilson linking up with AB in Seattle? Time will tell. But he ain't going back to New England. He sure as hell ain't going back to Oakland or Pittsburgh. So those two he can just mark off his own list. It's a shame because he's one of the greatest wide receivers of our generation. So it's sucks to see him not in the NFL, but also at the same time, yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be weird seeing Cam in a Patriots uniform. It's going to be weird seeing Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. So, you know what? There was a thing I saw on Instagram that said, I will forgive the creator if he gives us the Super Bowl. And I don't know why it popped up my sport Explorer page. It was the Patriots fan page. I don't know why it was there. But it was the Patriots against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Just what the world wants. Tom Brady versus old team in the Super Bowl. As fun as that would be, no one wants that. <laughs> Not one person wants to see that Super Bowl. Except for Patriots fans. And maybe even Patriots fans just don't want to see that. Because they don't want to credit one person over the other as the reason why they're so dominant for this amount of period for this amount of time. But yeah. Cam Newton, New England, Tom Brady, and Tampa. So, let's look at this real quick. I thought this would be kind of fun. I saw this on Instagram as well. Uh, it was a, like, which trio will do, or which four people will do better. It was four players, three quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, three tight ends. All in order. Like, which group will do better? It was three groups. Which one will do better? So, I got the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends all chosen out. We're going to go through this. And say, out of these guys, out of the people that have moved teams, which one 
will bring the new team most success or have the biggest impact on their new team. We'll come back and talk about that right after this. All right, everybody. So we got about 15 minutes left today on this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This July 6th edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. As a friendly reminder, since we've got just a little bit of time left in today's show, just go follow the Logan Blackman Show accounts on social media at the underscore LB underscore show is my Twitter account. Logan underscore Blackman is my personal Twitter account. Logan Blackman Show on Instagram. We're actually starting to post more on there, so make sure you go follow that Get little clips of each episode as they get released. Also, go follow my personal Instagram account. I think it's Blackman Logan's the username. I, I don't. I don't really know what the username is. Go like the Facebook page. Search Logan Blackman Show on Facebook, and then go subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're actually going to be posting on there more as well. So make sure you go and do that. Logan Blackman Show for all of those. Actually, the YouTube channel might just be Logan Blackman. It's the one of me with my shirt off. It says Logan Blackman show in, in like the little, in little text, but it's me with my shirt off. So that's that's the one you can you can uh, pick out for that one. And you go watch some of the old videos, watch some of the newer videos as well. Go watch the interviews I've done on there, and it's it's a grand jolly old time on the Logan Blackman show YouTube channel. So I hope you all enjoy that. But as we said, we just got a little bit of time left in today's program, so let's just get right into what we were talking about. So if you just listened to the last part, or if you randomly just fast-forwarded and you got stuck at this point, I just went through Cam Newton, signed with the New England Patriots, just uh, like last week, and now we got to, is he actually going to be any good in New England? He doesn't fit what they normally look for in a quarterback, which the people that are saying that, they, we've known Tom Brady for the last 20 years, so they're... There's not a lot to know about if this will actually work because they've only had one quarterback the entire time. And minus that one season with Matt Castle, they've never really experimented in the quarterback department. But the one thing the Patriots do the best out of everybody in the NFL, and it frustrates me that not every team in the NFL does this, but that they adapt. They're the best adapters in the entire NFL. And I don't think that's very hard to say. I I think it's guaranteed. I think it's a common knowledge that they are... I just spit on my microphone. That was gross. Uh, that they are the best adapting team and the most adaptative team in the NFL. Is that a word? I, I don't know. But now they got a new quarterback. So now we're going to see how well they actually adapt because we've seen them adapt time in and time out on defense. They do it all the time. Offense is the first time, the first huge adjustment they're going to have to make is on offense with this new quarterback, Cam Newton, that does everything different than what Tom Brady does. Cam Newton is an athletic freak. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round because of the fact that he looked like a beanpole. And seen, they quote, people out there that were at the combine said, this kid's never seen a weight room before. Cam Newton is incredibly mobile. Tom Brady has the slowest combine 40 of all time. But, to his credit, he just reached 1,000 yards rushing. Then... You go into the other things. Cam Newton has an absolute stunt rocket, absolute hose, absolute piss cannon for an arm. Tom Brady has an all right arm. Cam Newton has never been known for his accuracy. The one thing Tom Brady has held his hat on for a lot of his career, that he's been pretty accurate. There's a lot of things that they do differently than one another. A lot of things they do very, very differently than one another. But 
now they're going to see we're going to see how Bill Belichick handles them. He's handled Tom Brady for this long. Now he's going to have to handle someone like Cam Newton, which is someone out of even in Cleveland in with the Giants, with the Jets, he's never had a quarterback like Cam Newton. Not a lot of teams have. There's not a lot of teams that have quarterbacks like Cam Newton. So we'll have to see how he adapts to this. But that leads me into this. Again, I saw this on Instagram. It's got players, three players in the quarterback position, running back position, wide receivers, and tight ends, all players that have moved teams. So let's just read through the list here real quick. Uh, Phillip Rivers moved from the L.A. Chargers to the Indianapolis Colts. Brady moved from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cam Newton moved from the Carolina Panthers to New England. The running backs, Matt Breda moved from San Fran to Miami. Todd Gurley to Atlanta from Los Angeles. And Melvin Gordon also from Los Angeles, but to Denver. Uh, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins moved from Houston, Arizona. Brandon Cooks moved from L.A. to Houston. And then Stephon Diggs found his way to Buffalo from Minnesota. And for the tight ends, Hayden Hurst moved to Atlanta to replace the Cleveland-bound Austin Hooper. And then Eric Ebron moved from Indianapolis to Pittsburgh. So we got a lot of new places where all these guys are now they're all in new places so we'll go through each position and which players will have the most impact on their new rosters so you have philip rivers and in indy tom brady in tampa cam newton in new england the easiest one on here is tom brady to tampa the thing that was keeping the Tampa bay buccaneers from actually competing with teams was the fact that Jameis winston can be very erratic with his throws 30 interceptions last year now, I know Tom Brady's last throw in the NFL, or not, well, yeah, last throw in the NFL and last throw for the Patriots was a pick six. So was Cam, or Jameis Winston's. But Tom Brady is not going to throw 30 interceptions in a season. At least I don't think so. Watching Tom Brady literally my entire life crap on the Buffalo Bills every single chance he got. He has more wins at New Era Field than any Bills quarterback since Jim Kelly left. Ever since Tom Brady's been in the NFL, no quarterback on the Buffalo Bills has more wins at the Bills' home stadium than Thomas, Thomas Edward Brady. Tyra Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick are right behind him, but Tom Brady's still right, still the best. Now, at this point in time, you would fully expect Josh Allen to overtake that, but <laughs> you never know. But Brady to Tampa, with that receiving core of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski to O.J. Howard. Running game with uh, Ronald Jones has improved. Ronald Jones sucked his first year. Got a little better last year, so you would expect him to keep rising this year. They got a new offensive lineman in the draft and Tristan Wirfs. I just expect the Bucks to actually be competitive this year. Tom Brady's going to install the winning mentality that the Bucks have needed ever since they won the Super Bowl in the early 2000s. There's not been that signature player that has been motivating this team. Not one. The head coaches haven't. They've not had great head coaches since then. Even then, John Gruden pretty much just rode the tails of what Tony Dungy did, but just added a little bit more flair on offense. Tony Dungy built that defense, made the defense, and Gruden just added a little flair on offense. Throughout their history, Jameis Winston, arguably, is their best quarterback of all time. You look at their franchise, the Bucks are not steeped with history on the offensive side of the ball. Their greatest players are all on defense. Salmon, Sapp, Brooks, Lynch, Barber, all on defense. You don't look at the Buccaneers and go, oh, great offense. You like some Steve Spurrier playing quarterback there. He didn't last a season, I don't if I remember right. Vinny Testaverde got murdered in Tampa. 
Then you've got the likes of Doug Williams, Steve Young, two future Super Bowl winners, got destroyed playing for Tampa. Then you look at Brad Johnson, who actually got them a Super Bowl. He was nothing spectacular. Then you have Trent Dilfer before that, who I love Trent Dilfer, but he was the I think the sixth overall pick. He wasn't any. He didn't live up to that expectation playing for the Bucks. You've got the likes of uh, Brian Greasy, Bob Greasy's child, who was the quarterback of the '72 Dolphins. You got Jeff Garcia, who's probably had the best, most uh, actually, he's probably Jeff Garcia. Then you got Jameis Winston there. You just have a lot of bad quarterbacks. Mike Glennon, like, there's not a big time history of Tampa Bay Bucks in quarterbacks. Then there's big names like Doug Williams and Steve Young. Vinny Testaverde is a well-known name. But there's not just, like, you don't look at those like, oh, they're Buccaneers legends. Steve Young's a 49ers legend. NFL legend. Doug Williams is a Redskins legend. But those two are not Buccaneers legends by any stretch of the imagination. If those two stayed in Tampa, they would have just died in Tampa. Tom Brady brings a solidity to that position that they have not seen pretty much in their entire existence. So Tom Brady is going to come in with that winning mentality that he had in New England, and it's going to rub off on the players on offense. That's what's going to happen. The first time in pretty much their history, well, these last five years, I guess, the Buccaneers' strong point's been their offense. Throughout their history, it's always been their defense. Now the offense is the main focal point of this team, and Tom Brady's going to be the spearhead of it. They're actually going to be competitive, which is something they have not said since they won the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders, where they pretty much just cheated because they had their old head coach on their sidelines who just knew all their plays. And the Raiders, being in their infinite wisdom, did not change pretty much. They pretty much kept the same offense from the season before. But Tom Brady, easily most influential there. Uh, Cam Newton, I think, is uh, – well, actually, I don't know. Cam, I'm going to say Cam Newton's number two because he's just adds something different that the Patriots haven't had in 20 years. Actually, their entire history. Like something new. Now it's not, I'm not saying he's, I don't know if he's going to be the starter day one. What do you think when you first read Cam Newton, New England Patriots? Like, ah, instant starter. He's better than Jarrett Stidham. But the Patriots reportedly love Jarrett Stidham. So that makes it hard. But I think if Cam does start, it's something they haven't done before. It's never been seen in New England. And I think Cam's going to be motivated going into the season. I think he's going to come out with a vengeance. At least that's what I'm thinking. And if he gets hurt, then that all all bets are off but if he doesn't get hurt if he stays healthy i think he's to be really good and philip rivers this is last year in the nfl i'm i'm pretty much guaranteeing that he hasn't said anything but it's pretty much guaranteed he had arguably his worst year of the nfl last year with the chargers which is just go down to forcing the ball and getting older and going to indy he's gonna start right away because jacoby Brissett just fell off the face of the earth the second half of the season but Philip Rivers I think he could bring some solidity to that but he's not a major upgrade on Jacoby Brissett at this point in time in his career that's the thing I'm worried about here I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback I love Philip Rivers one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time but at this point in his career I don't know if he's a major upgrade on what they already have with Jacoby Brissett that's just my opinion on the matter but you never know running backs uh, I think this one's Matt Gur- or um, Matt Gurley, Matt Breida to Miami. Now, he's not a big name, as big of a name as Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, but the Dolphins' leading rusher last year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what's making me say. They got Jordan Howard there as well. They completely revamped their running back room. 
And Matt Breida is going to actually bring a lot of good things to Miami. Melvin Gordon's not going to do anything. He's going to be the backup to Philip Lindsay. Like, they're going to rotate. I don't think either one of them are going to reach 1,000. I think Philip Lindsay will probably have around 900-something. Melvin will probably have around 600 to 700 yards. But those that's not going to be huge. The biggest He's not going to make the biggest impact unless Philip Lindsay gets hurt. Todd Gurley, the reason I'm not saying him, his knees and body are just failing on him. And it sucks to see that because he's a, he's a great running back. On his day, he might be the best running back in the NFL. Might be. But I never thought, if you asked me this two years ago, if Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Matt Breda were brought up in a list, that I would say Matt Breda would bring the most success and biggest impact to a new franchise. Ridiculous stuff. But Matt Breda, just having him on the roster, and he's nothing spectacular, but he will bring some solidity to the Dolphins running back room, which is what they need. They had no running game last year. Again, Ryan Fitzpatrick led them in rushing last year. That's how bad they were running the ball. So he'll bring the biggest impact out of that running back group. Wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Stephon Diggs. Um, this one might actually be closer than what you think here. Brandon Cooks, I'm putting him at the bottom. Uh, dude's contemplated retirement like three or four times. He's had multiple concussions, and he's not an upgrade on what the what they already had. So that's what that's why I'm not saying he's going to make the biggest impact. I think he'll be a very good wide receiver, very good option, but he's not. He doesn't have that big of an impact as the two I'm going to as Hopkins and Diggs. I'm gonna go with Hopkins just because of the fact. He is a top three wide receiver in this league. Maybe top two receiver in this in this entire league. The Cardinals have been shot up to the realm of they might actually be competing for something this year. Not Super Bowls, but division like actually making a playoff spot. Something they haven't been hasn't been brought up since the Kurt Warner days. Like it's they've got a lot of things going. DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray is just makes people drool. But with Stephon Diggs. This one might be even more influential and make the biggest impact because the Bills didn't have a number one wide receiver. You could say the same thing about the Cardinals, I guess, but it's not saying Larry Fitzgerald is past it. You could say that. I, you can go on that. I don't care. But Stephon Diggs brings the Bills another deep threat out of complete, out of catch percentage, out of highly contested. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Diggs has the highest percentage of catches in out of contested catches last year with 60%. He catches 60% of contested balls. Diggs will be that number one receiver, that another deep threat with John Brown. Cole Beasley will hit the underneath stuff. John Brown and Stephon Diggs will go deep. Diggs is one of the best route runners in the NFL. He will add a lot to the Bills. But DeAndre Hopkins, just because he's one of the best in the league, will be, I'm going to, it's basically 1A, 1B. These two will have huge impacts on their new rosters. And for the tight ends, Hayden Hurst to Atlanta, Austin Hooper to Cleveland, Eric Ebron to Pittsburgh. Um, Hurst is replacing Hayden or Austin Hooper, went to Cleveland. Eric Ebron had one dominant season with Indy, and then other than that, he's just been a good tight end, average to good tight end. I'm going to say Austin Hooper provides the biggest impact because Austin Hooper is the best tight end on this list. But also, he's an upgrade on Njoku, who has just come out and said basically wants to trade out of Cleveland, which I don't blame him. He's not going to start. He's not the best tight end on the team anymore. Hooper balled out last year. Let's just put it like that. Hooper just balled out, and he's going to be an awesome impact 
for the Cleveland Browns because a big safety net for quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks who are struggling like Baker did last year, tight ends and running backs who can catch the ball. Those are big. Browns don't have that necessarily. I'm not saying Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt can't catch the football, but that tight end option with Austin Hooper, they didn't have that last year because Njoka was hurt most of the season. They have that with Austin Hooper, who was awesome in Atlanta last year. Hayden Hurst, I think he'll he'll do similar things to what Hooper did because Austin Hayden Hurst, former first-round draft pick, just got pushed out of the depth chart by Mark Andrews, which is not a bad thing because Mark Andrews is super talented. But Hayden Hurst should put up good numbers while down in Atlanta. Eric Ebron, um, the Steelers signed Ladarius Green, I think was his name, from the San Diego Chargers when they were in San Diego. And he was just supposed to be that big tight end guy. And he kept getting concussions and retired. So that's the fear of the Brandon Cooks thing in Houston. Ladarius Green was the same way. Now, you got Eric Ebron coming to Pittsburgh. You got Vance McDonald there. There's a nice blocking tight end, not necessarily the best receiving tight end. So that gives you a nice one-two punch between McDonald and Eric Ebron. Gives the Steelers another option because the receiving core is not the strongest it's been in years past. In the Mike Tomlin era, this is probably the weakest it's been, at least last year's was. You don't have that one star receiver. Like, they've had Mike Wallace, Antonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, Heinz Ward. Like, they've had these legendary Steelers receivers. Now they had Juju, who's a good receiver, but is he a, he's a better number two receiver than number one, much like Tyrell Williams in Las Vegas with the Raiders. But Ebron will add another pass catcher for Big Ben in that offense, which needs more weapons on there, which is what they struggled with last year, along with being bad quarterback play between Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But I think Austin Hooper, just the fact that it's going to add another weapon to a very good receiving core and make defenses focus on who to guard. Because the sting with Pittsburgh, they just had Juju Smith-Schuster. They Now they have Eric Ebron to that, so there's two people they're going to guard. Now, in Cleveland you got the two receivers outside, and now two tight ends, if they don't trade Njoku, because at first he was like, the competition's awesome. Now he wants to leave. But I think Ebron or Hooper is going to make the biggest impact in Cleveland. So I would rank it Hooper, Ebron, and Hayden Hurst, because Hayden Hurst, he's just got two. Uh, he's a, not as good as a tight end as Austin Hooper, and they got Julio Jones on the outside. Like, there's, it's hard competing with balls with Julio Jones. That's <laughs> That's just, yeah. That's just the big thing there. So, yeah, that's what I, that's who I think will have the biggest impacts out of the new players. So, quarterbacks, Tom Brady in Tampa. Running backs, Matt Breda in Miami. Wide receivers, it's 1A, 1B with DeAndre Hopkins, AZ, and Stephon Diz in Buffalo. And then tight ends, Austin Hooper in Cleveland. That's what I'm thinking who will make the biggest impacts at their new location, in their new locations. Uh, I was going to do a wide receiver bracket today, like do a whole wide receiver core bracket thing, but... We're not going to have enough time to do that, so I'll save that for Wednesday. Uh, with that being said, I'll see you on Wednesday. I'm going to sign out for today, get this video done and uploaded. Hopefully it works. If not, just listen to the podcast. I'll link all my friends' stuff down in the description below, so make sure you look, listen to that as well. And with that, I will see you all on Wednesday. Peace.